Are you tired of the cookie cutter approach to education that's stuck in the last century? Are you seeking a win-win situation where your family thrives, your kid's education is revolutionary, and you still get to chase your own dreams? Welcome to Unschooled Unleashed. Unlock your child's genius. I'm your host, Matthew Jarecki, an unapologetic rebel dad and promoter of what many consider to be educational anarchy. You know the world isn't going to be won by those that just toe the line. It's the innovators, the visionaries, and the resilient spirits that are going to thrive. Our mission here is to forge those world changers within our very homes with less stress, energy, and time. Unschooled, unleashed, starts now. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Lou's Diner. My name's Patrick, and uh, this here's kind of a different diner. We only serve, uh, almost exclusively, we only serve audio podcast specials. Uh, Kelly says we do have some leftovers that we're trying to get rid of, so we can uh, certainly put that on the menu for you, but trust me, you don't want that. What's that, darling? No, we don't have that. The The pancake house is down the street about a mile. You want to go there if you want some pancakes. Here are the menus, though, uh, but you won't really need them because uh, one of our burners are down, and we really only have that one thing on the special menu, and that's this week's. Hey, hey Kelly. What what is today's special? It's this week's special. Yeah, I understand. It's this week's special. Okay, what what is this week's special? Alright, folks, uh we do only have one thing on the menu today, and that's intro to deschooling. And this is a podcast that's part of uh, the new unschooler survival guide. Yes, that's something we came up with here ourselves. You'll be the first to try it because it just starts today. This is going to be the first of a three-part series to help new unschooling parents transition from schooling at home and or a traditional school to unschooling. So if you're a brand new parent to unschooling and you're trying to figure out what to do, there are some things you need to know, darling. First, this episode's spicy. Second, the eggs are reheated, so I recommend holding the eggs. And lastly, if you're new to unschooling this series is a must listen to so since we only got one thing on the menu why don't we just bring out about three plates of the intro to de-schooling for everyone to listen to and i hope you enjoy it Parents, are you terrified your unschooled child isn't learning enough? Or are you a homeschooling veteran eager to level up by incorporating in unschooling principles? Maybe you're newly venturing into homeschooling and already doubting your decision. Whatever the stage, overwhelm is real, but it doesn't have to be. I'm Matthew Jarecki from Unschooled Unleashed, and I've got huge news. I'm thrilled to introduce Homeschool Rescue, Unschooled Unleashed's signature coaching package. Whether you're all in on unschooling or just dipping a toe, this tailored coaching package is your roadmap to a confident and thriving education no matter how hectic life gets. Bold moves make bright futures. Join our homeschool rescue coaching program through the link in the description and set your child's genius free. Hello and welcome to today's episode. Today we're going to go into the first episode of a series called New Unschoolers survival guide. I know a lot of you parents out there are homeschooling for the first time this year and really need kind of a 
a survival guide. You're, you may even be considering unschooling, and that's why you're listening to this podcast or you're trying to learn how to do more unschooling principles. Well, today we're going to talk about something that's very pertinent to your journey, and that's de-schooling. So this is going to be an introduction into de-schooling. And first, I think we should talk about, you know, really what de-schooling is. A lot of you have heard what unschooling is, obviously. <laughs> but what is de-schooling? So de-schooling is an essential part of the unschooling process, especially for families who are transitioning from traditional schooling. De-schooling sets the stage for successful transition into an unschooling environment and can be an enlightening experience for the entire family. But we need to adjust our expectations for when the learning starts. That's the big thing. We need to go through this de-schooling process first. So when you're first starting unschooling, there's this refractory period where basically we're all adjusting to the unschooling process. So let's define it out. De-schooling involves unlearning the beliefs habits, and practices associated with formal education or traditional schooling. And this can be traditional schooling where we're following that mandatory curriculum at school or at home. And I, I want to say it again because this is a very important point. De-schooling involves unlearning the beliefs, habits, and practices associated with a formal education or that traditional schooling. It's a time to decompress and detach from the regimented schedules of standardized testing and the curriculum-driven mythologies that characterize institutionalized education. So we're just stepping back and decompressing. I would probably define it in my own words as just falling back in love with learning. We're just taking a break so we can fall back in love with learning. And it's if this is a new concept to you, essentially the way it works is you pull your kids out of school. Maybe they've started to hate learning. Maybe they feel exhausted. Maybe they feel burnout. All these crazy things that school can do, all that stress and pressure. It, we're moving from a, a fear-based motivator like grades and worksheets and homework and tests and all this stuff to a more purpose-driven motivator, which is, hey, I'm really good at this, or hey, I could really use this, and I want to get to the other end of this bridge, so I'm going to learn this to be able to do what I what I feel I'm called to do, or what I really want to do. So we go through this period where we're, I mean, it can look like nothing's happening. So we're, we're, we're going to kind of go through this, and it's it's very scary for the new unschooler, and, that, and that's why I think it's the first episode in the new unschoolers survival guide. So let's let's dive in. The purpose of deschooling. We're going to cover. Let's see here, six different points for the purpose of deschooling, and hopefully by the end of this, you're going to really understand and have a a firm grasp on what this is, so you can make it to the other end without freaking out. All right. So first, we're going to cover the mental and emotional transition. That's what the first purpose of de-schooling. De-schooling allows children and parents to break free from the mindset that learning only occurs in the classroom or through a set curricula. It helps eliminate the pressure and stress associated with grading and constant evaluation. This is, again, the fear-based motivation 
and we're switching over to a purpose-based motivation. And I often see basically a total rejection in this period of learning period. So you may think that the kids are completely rejecting learning and now unschooling isn't going to happen and they're never really going to find their genius and what they're good at and they're just going to sit around all day and do nothing. I don't think that's the case. You just got to make it through this de-schooling process. So now I have a personal example and that's me when I was unschooled in eighth grade. What happened was I went from homeschooling sixth and seventh grade where we followed a curriculum. And then I went to unschooling basically that summer, the summer of right before eighth grade. And my rebellious side came out. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to open up a textbook. I didn't want to do anything. So kind of sat around, watched a lot of TV, got outside, got physical, all that stuff in that stage. And then eventually I got bored and that was kind of the end of that. But it was a rebellious side. It was the rejection of learning. And it was really just kind of the, I don't know how you say it. The institutions that be were coming down on me and I was going to rebel against them and not learn. I do want to point out that I did make it through this process, even though I had been schooled for the first seven years of my childhood. So I did make it through it. So uh, just remember that as you go through your process. The second purpose of de-schooling is you're, you're to fall in love or rediscover your natural curiosity. During the de-schooling period, children are encouraged to explore their interests and passions without any constraints. And this is that natural curiosity, like just explore, find something that speaks to you in the moment and dive in. This nurtures intrinsic motivation and rekindles the love for learning that might have been stifled in traditional, a traditional setting. With me, for example, I got bored after a couple months of unschooling and then the creativity started. I started making a lot of artwork in different forms. I started making some music. I started making films. I mastered jumping on the trampoline. I could do a whole bunch of forward flips. And I think my record was 12 back flips in a row. I really got good at that. <laughs> I started exploring music history right around this point because the internet was just starting. This is like, gosh, like 94, 95. And we just got a AOL if you're well gosh I don't know how old you guys are but with me I was like 14 or 15 years old somewhere around there and uh, the internet you got these little discs that had you know 33 minutes of AOL and you could connect to the internet via modem and you could hear it dial up making all those funny noises uh, that's how I started really exploring and you know it was the very early days of the internet so I had the ability to just dive into whatever I wanted very specialized stuff that kids before me probably didn't have the opportunity to do I actually enjoyed learning a lot about uh, the Beatles history because I was a big Beatles fan right around that time still am uh, but at that time that's when that curiosity started and I just kind of looked into their journey and how everything ended up and where their motivation came from and their, I don't know, what's what 
what they did, I, w- I was just fascinated with them. And, and there were others too. But that natural curiosity uh, is really what started driving me from there on out. Of course, I went back into school mainly because I wanted to be around other kids my age. And back then, there really wasn't a lot of ways to uh, socialize with other people of my age. Uh, now there are, since we got the internet. But uh, yeah, I went back into the schooling and then, of course, had to do this again, the deschooling process at mm, late 30s, early 40s. Still kind of in it, unfortunately. Uh, next, the next purpose of deschooling is building trust in relationships. Families use this time to strengthen their connections and build trust. Parents learn to trust that their children can guide their learning, and the children learn to see their parents as facilitators rather than authority figures. And this is one of the big transitions for us as parents. We're not going to give top-down instruction. Now, I believe that we should be have a 10 out of 10 engagement with our children, but I also believe we should let them guide their learning because they know what they're interested in, much like we want as adults. We know what we're interested in, we wanna move towards that, unless we're stuck in the system where we're just being told what to do by a boss all the time, and we don't have any choice, and we just feel completely out of touch, and we're depressed, and we're this, and we're that, and we don't have any interest, and we don't, we don't have any hobbies, da 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 you know, that whole thing. Uh, again, this is where, as an adult, we often have to learn this stuff because we've been schooled. You know, find our interests, find who we are, find what naturally motivates us, not fear-based, but, you know, purpose-based. Find who we are, how much sleep we need, how much uh, time we want to spend in front of a computer, or if we like working with our hands, or if we like listening to audio books, or listening to learning through audio, or maybe it's video, I don't know, stuff like that. But it's these times where we just rediscover our natural curiosity and we as parents have to redefine ourselves as the as a guide you know 10 out of 10 we're going to expose them to new ideas experiences um, environments but then really let them choose and and that's an adjustment for for us too the the one of the big reasons we unschool is to build relationships with our kids and and build that trust because that's the that's that's the role I want to play in their life in the future so I want to start that now it's not like me telling you what to do because that's that's not a healthy relationship as an adult Uh, and I try and minimize any of that for my kids I, I want them to learn those lessons learn any lessons early so they have to be able to make mistakes and have the have to have the ability to make a choice to make a mistake or make a poor decision and, and that's how they're going to learn, at least, you know, the hard way if they don't want to hear me out. But I'm always going to be there as a, as a guide or as a trusted consultant to their life who, who loves them more than anything and wants to see them thrive. And I hope I'm able to, during this unschooling process, be that and establish myself as that in their life. Of course, they could completely reject me, but, you know, that, that, that's, that's the risk we all have. And I think this is at least the most likely way to build that trust and fit into that role that I do want to have in the future. I don't shelter them from the world. 
I expose them to, to the world as this guide. Because again, I want to expose them to new ideas, experiences, and environments. Because if I don't, others will. So I try and get ahead of the game and expose them to that. Because they can trust me. And that's only really done with the relationship. And hopefully when they are going through a hard time or they have questions about something, they can come to me or someone else that we've also had them build up a trusting relationship with when, when they have these questions or difficult times. And I think that's very important. And I do believe that the parents aren't the only ones involved in unschooling, you know, that, the, that they're really not interacting with everyone else. I think we need a community to raise our children. And I think unschooling allows for that community because you're interacting with people from all ages, including adults. I know one of my mentors is he's 82 years old. You know, I'm turning 43 in a couple of days. I also have friends that are 10, 15, 20 years younger than me because I think it's important to have people in our lives from the entire age spectrum because we can learn from everyone first. But people who have been there, done that, are very valuable in our life, especially the wise people who have learned lessons through life. And that's that's the ones I focused on and let them in my quote-unquote inner circle. And uh, I put them in the role of that trusting relationship and as a guide to life, much like I would hope my kids one day will put me into. At least that's the relationship I would love to establish. And if not, I'm just a loving parent who gives unconditional love no matter what. And that's the way it goes. Uh, next purpose of de-schooling is an individualized learning assessment. And what I mean by this is parents can observe their children during this period to understand their unique learning styles, interests, and needs. This helps in crafting a more personalized and effective learning path as they move forward. Now, for us in our unschooling journey with my children, we... The, the way we do this is we observe each child's bent. And this is kind of like that the whole bent thing is like the biblical, I don't know, it's a biblical term. Like you're looking at each, how each child was designed or their interest and your, their uniqueness. And that's what we're looking for. And then what we do is we jump in as a 10 out of 10 parenting effort to expose them to the new ideas, environments, and experiences based off their or their interest in uniqueness and we try and help them grow in that unique area because if my child is going to be a veterinarian well I want them that child to be exposed to animals from as early as an age as possible to help them learn one whether they want to do it or not to fall in love with it if they if they really do like it and three accelerate their learning so they can gosh, provide value to the world as fast as possible because people, we need great people out there. And I think unschooling allows for greatness to be strengthened. Uh, man, I, I, I don't even know how to express it with words. But when you watch the genius come out in your child with something that they're intrinsically motivated by, and, and they just dive in, and you're like, I couldn't, I couldn't have taught them this with 10 years of schooling and they're getting it in 10 days. I mean, it really is incredible watching when they, when they dive in cause they have a, a, 
um, intrinsic motivation to learn. Now, the example I always like to give is my my nine-year-old. He's currently learning coding, and he's studying Python, and he wants to get a certification. Now, he's backed off that for a little bit, but now he's back into it more recently. Uh, he has a lot of attention to detail. He likes technology. He likes getting on a computer. So we set him up on a computer more recently. We were doing this all on an iPad, but we faced limitations. We set him up on a computer and am allowing him, like, baby steps forward as he inches to getting his Python certification. And again, we could completely let this go, and he may never do it, and that's completely fine. But it's just kind of cool watching that happen and even to say that my child's doing that because if he's going to be a coder i want him to know all this stuff now the future of coding is a different topic and i won't even go there my wife went to coding boot camp at, right and graduated right before the bottom fell out of uh the uh entire coding career field or whatever you want to call it uh which was last year when ai started coming out and that really I opened my eyes, especially with this whole unschooling thing, because we need to, <laughs> I could do multiple episodes on how we need to prepare our children for the future workforce in different ways. But uh, I've referenced it in the past. It's one of the main points I want to point out in this podcast is we need to prepare them for the future workforce. And along their path, you know, they, they might do things that aren't on the surface contributing to that preparation for the future workforce in a way that they love, right? Like if they're using their uniqueness to provide value to others, preparing them for the future workforce in the way that the workforce will uh, eventually be set up as best as we can see. But but the journey along the way will provide those steps. And they'll take that knowledge from what they learned previously, like maybe Python. My, my son would have an understanding of coding and take that to his next venture and maybe give a unique spin on something. This is really the journey I've had. My other son, uh, who just turned eight years old, is super into dancing, drawing, writing. He's really creative, incredibly creative. And he has a lot of attention to detail uh, as well. So we got him an art set to make books, some pencils and pens. We also got him dance classes for his birthday so we can provide uh, a mentor or just some cool new moves for his dances. Um, <laughs> I have to tell you, on his eighth birthday, we I asked if I could get a special dance from him, and he decided to give it to us. And he also sold tickets for his special dance party that he or his special dance performance that he was going to do for us, and that cost thirty cents after the veterans discount and family and friends discount that I got. Uh, but yeah, we supported him and went over and bought these tickets uh, and on his birthday and watched him do his a creative rendition to, let me back up, his own creative rendition of Pump Up the Jam by Technotronic. He loves that song right now. So when we play that, he gets out there and he just makes up all his own dance moves. And what we were hoping is to build on that momentum by giving him dance classes and maybe he can go over and pull something from those dance classes and put it in there but to make it his own because that's what we want him to be as a unique individual because we were all created uniquely, I believe. And I want him from a very young age to understand himself 
and really just lean into his own uniqueness and have the confidence moving forward that that is who he is. Because I think that we're often left, we're often left in the wake of schooling where we don't know ourselves because we've always had the top-down instruction telling us what the next step is and what we should do. And I don't want my kids to go through that. I want them to be their own unique individual and be confident in that. And this is one of the ways that I allow that to happen. Moving on. The fifth goal of de-schooling is to prevent burnout. By allowing a grace period, I like to think of it as a grace period, by allowing a grace period to adjust, families avoid diving directly into a new educational structure which could, which could lead to a lot of frustration or even burnout. And, you know, anytime you don't take your foot off the gas, you really do see burnout happen. It's, it's not necessarily because you're not doing the right thing. It's because uh, often you've li- lost sight of the purpose. And what we need to do is have that grace period, uh, that, that time of adjustment to adjust to the, the purpose-driven life and not be so fear-based. Because if we focus on the fear as an unschooler, what we're going to do is you're going you're gonna to put pressure on your kids. And that's the last thing you want to do is put pressure on them because they're going to hate whatever you put pressure on. So if you want them to learn math, and you pressure them constantly to learn math, you will make them hate math if they don't want to do it. It will be a fight, and that's what we're trying to avoid. We're trying to do homeschooling with less stress, energy, and time. And the way we do that is using principles of unschooling. So we don't pressure them, but we point out the value with our 10 out of 10 parenting engagement that we have by exposing them to new experiences, uh, environments, and ideas. At least that's my strategy. Deschooling provides a necessary time and space to reflect, plan, and adapt for both parents and children as well. So that's another way we prevent burnout. Now, for my personal example, and I think everyone can relate to burnout, uh, I think the way we avoid burnout is, is because unschooling is just so flexible and it moves at life's pace. And that's one thing that's going to take an adjustment for a lot of us because we're so goal-oriented, so regimented, that kind of thing. But we're moving at life's pace, and our goal is just to show up. We don't know how the day's going to look, but we're going to show up. And we might have some things that we try and do, like I want to go over and expose them to engineering principles. So I'm going to put on a how it works and, you know, see how it goes, see if there's anything in there and they want to dive into it. But uh, really, we're just going to take those teachable moments when they show interest in something and show up at that point, exposing them to the... Uh, new ideas, environments, and experiences. Now, we some <laughs> we kind of have to de-school every couple weeks to a point because we, we become really intentional in reviewing a topic. For example, I might be pointing out constantly, like during a period, and who knows, this just, just might be my control, my control issues coming out, but I want them to know math. Oh my gosh, they got to know math. That's something that I really struggled with as a kid, but I think it's very vital. And I start pointing out all the time how math is important and where you can use it. Now, my kids have a very healthy relationship with math, I believe. I don't. They don't hate it. They actually like it. They enjoy it. And we go through a couple weeks of, they, they see the value in it. They really want to do it. We sit down and do it for a couple weeks, just in that, you know, 30 minutes, an hour a day, three, four days a week. 
and then they back off and we kind of just go through that mm, less structured and we're not going to do math we always stop before they say stop we just kind of say good enough unless they really want to go forward but we always kind of stop right before they want to say stop to keep that interest and there's always something tomorrow it's like that cliffhanger you know, gosh if any of you have ever watched like breaking bad or the walking dead like those are famous for cliffhangers right and it always keeps you coming back that's what i want i want a little cliffhanger with my kids so we stop right before uh we move on to that or we uh hit that point of where they're they feel done um but during our downtime when we're taking breaks from that we, we we're just continuing to point out when where math is is going to be great and we just build that interest and then when we they show interest we lean in and that's kind of the uh the cyclical pattern we we follow in our household and we get a lot done i mean we were able to within a couple months move from knowing no math to doing fractions i think that's pretty cool and most kids take years to do that but again we never force and we're always gauging interest from our kids and when they lose interest we back off because we don't want to burn them out we don't want them to feel pressured constantly uh, the next purpose is alignment with values and goals. The de-schooling process enables parents to evaluate and align their educational philosophy with their family's values and long-term goals. This ensures a more harmonious and purpose-driven approach to learning. So in our family, our goals are traveling. That's one of our big ones. We actually want to do something kind of crazy and convert a uh, box truck into a stealth RV so we can travel all over the U.S. whenever we want. We, Me and my wife want to work remotely. And of course, we're homeschooling using the uh, using unschooling principles. Uh, so we can do that anywhere and like start to do like world schooling where if we're going to learn about, I don't know, ecosystems. We're going to go to the desert and learn that. And then we go to the Pacific Northwest and then we come back to a temperate zone. Then we go to Florida and then we go to wherever. I mean, we can go anywhere, right? And just learn about all that. We want to learn about geology. We can do the same thing. We want to learn about, uh, I don't know, just different cultures. And who knows? We may even want to go to Mexico and learn Spanish and make that a whole different adventure. Learn the culture down there. We could do anything we want. And that's that's one of our goals. We also like cultivating a spiritual relationship with God and kind of walking them through that. We're the main voice in their ear. And I think being a model for them is the best way to do that. And the only way we can do that is spending time with them. And they see how we act and how we, we do things. Uh, we also take the time to learn what they're interested in. And when they're interested in something, we take advantage of that teachable moment. And that uh, is one of our values, is just diving in. We, we want to make them, I, I call it genius, but we want to, dive into a real world experience and just get everything we can out of that experience. You know, learn it, make it, make it real, not just a textbook and, and do it at the teachable moment when it's a teachable moment, when it's a, when they're able to best absorb whatever you're trying to expose them to so they can learn. And I think that's a really cool way to live life. It's the way I try and live my life. 
Um, but in essence, de-schooling is a vital step in transitioning from traditional schooling to unschooling. And you can't skip it. You can't skip it. It helps families shed the institutional mindset and embrace a more flexible, child-led, experiential approach, setting the foundation for a more fulfilling and successful learning journey. So that's it. That caps today's episode. Tune in next week where we're going to dive into the second episode in the series of New Unschooler Survival Guide. And we'll be talking about de-schooling timeline, fears, and misconceptions. So with that, Stay curious, stay unschooled, and stay away from algebra nightmares. Catch you in the next episode. So here's where we roll up our sleeves and bring out the big guns. If you support our mission, then please leave a review. On Unschooled Unleashed, we are talking about using a radical approach to education in today's world. And the more five-star reviews we have, the more people will feel comfortable with the ideas, strategies, and principles we discuss. It gives legitimacy to our message, and the podcast's algorithm prioritizes us so we can reach more people. You may even have your five-star review read on our podcast. Before I let you go, I have to pause and say this from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Your presence here is the fuel that ignites this movement. I am incredibly moved that you trust in us enough to click play. You, my friends, are the caped heroes in this story, the guardians of your family's learning journey, and a beacon of hope for your community. Be bold. Do what you think is best for you and your family. Thanks again for tuning in and taking this courageously outside of the box for this educational revolution. Welcome to the Frontline.